oh yeah by the way here's a normal fight scene and oh we're gonna have a dragon like <laughs> yeah Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Other Brothers Podcast, the show where two best friends get their thoughts and opinions on any and all consumable content out there in the world. I'm Colin. And I'm John, and we are your hosts. Yeah, we are. Today, we're going to be discussing our top five Marvel Phase 4 entities. Yeah, you um, know all those uh, all those reviews that we totally did all throughout Phase 4, therefore you know our thoughts coming into this? Yep. We did one. We, we did one you're right <laughs> last yep, we week did we did one um <laughs> but not any other ones because so, life got in the way but it's fine yeah so normally what we do for a top five is we will decide to do a top five and then we will roll a die based on a list of top five options that we have because we decided nerds yeah that's true but this time we decided that we just kind of wanted to do marvel's phase four because with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever coming out, and then the Guardians Christmas special coming out, Phase 4 is officially over. So we thought it would be really interesting to talk about the things that we liked the most, or the least, for Marvel's Phase 4. And not only that, but it also gives us a chance to cover some of the movies that we meant to cover and just didn't have the chance to. Please disregard the motorcycle that is outside of my apartment, because that is vroom vrooming nice and loud. Nice. But yeah, so we thought it would be really fun, and I'm actually really excited for it, but coming into this, knowing this is what we were going to talk about, I have been stressed out of my mind because... Oh, we've been planning on talking about this phase four, top five, for how long now? Like, maybe a week or two? Yeah. Maybe three? Mm-hmm. And I... There, there are 17 different properties we're going to talk through. The only thing that is not going to be considered on the list is going to be the I Am Groot little shorts, just because... I didn't watch any of them, and John, I think you only watched a couple of them. I watched them, but I only watched oh, them okay. once, and I, um, they're not as necessary as a lot of the other stuff. So the, I feel like it's not, especially since you didn't watch them, we just, we'll just disregard those. Um, so if you yeah. love them, good for you. If you don't, then you don't have to hear us talk about it today. Um, yep. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, in, in how we've been talking about this, though, there's 17 properties to pick between for this top five. I'm still trying to narrow it down from nine. Yeah, I've got a lot of um, <laughs> emotions because I don't know. I'm just I'm frustrated because I've been thinking about it a lot, but I still don't have anything solidified. So even though we have been thinking about this topic for a while, we are still going to take our usual 20 minutes of time to prepare our top five. Once that 20 minutes is up, though, whatever we have written down, we're stuck with. That's our top oh, yeah. five. No, that is our definitive top five permanently even if we're not happy with it at the end of the day that's what we've decided that's what we're going with so that's what we're Mm -hmm. gonna do i mean this is legally binding you're right um if you disagree with us you're wrong (laughs) no you can have your own opinions that's okay just don't tell us yeah you can have your own wrong opinions you're entitled to that yeah you know what tell us your wrong opinions and we will appreciate that so without further ado we are going to jump right into our 20 minutes of thinking and processing and writing stuff down for you it won't be very long we're time travelers as you know if you've been with us before so see you in a few seconds hooray all right welcome back hope you enjoyed your time traveling experience brought to you by our sponsors uh we don't have any yet but we'll get there eventually someday maybe yep so uh yeah top five so this was an easy list to put together huh 
Uh, you're a big fat liar. Um, yeah, no, this was really difficult. I feel like we always say in our top fives how difficult it was to think of our list, but this time, because when we decide these lists, we're still talking to each other, right? We're not telling each other yeah. what our lists are, but we still discuss it with each other, or at least we see each other's faces as or we like go bring through, through like the thought process, or like oh, I just thought of this, or oh, I just thought of that. Yeah, I feel like we both went through the five stages of grief together during making this list. <laughs> like... It was an experience. Thank you for being part of it. <laughs> There was lots of <laughs> frustrated noises coming from both of us, uh, but uh, yeah. we have our quote definitive lists as definitive unhappy and is what it is as unhappy or happy as it might make us after we're done recording. It's what we have, and it's what we're gonna go with for today. We're mm-hmm. gonna do something a little different with this top five. Um, we have our top five, but we also decided to write down our least favorite. Oh, well, that's new to me. Why didn't you tell me to do that? Oh, you're funny. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So after we go through our our top four, our honorable mentions, and our number ones, then we'll be talking about what we think, what we thought our least favorite Marvel Phase 4 entity was as well. Just to kind of throw it out there and have a little bit more discussion. We thought it'd be fun. Yeah. All right. Why don't I get us started today? That sounds good. Okay. For my number five... I put Moon Knight as my number five okay. phase four entity. I thought Moon Knight was so cool. I really, really enjoyed it. I love Oscar Isaac. I think he did a phenomenal job playing multiple versions of himself, essentially, in this show. Oh, for I, sure. I think that just Egypt and Egyptian gods and all of that history and lore and everything is so interesting. Egypt is one of like the places in the world that I need to visit before I die. I just think Egypt is really cool. Fun fact, my fiance Marissa, Egypt is like her favorite place and she loves Egypt history more than anything else and she also really wants to go there. So hopefully someday we'll go there. That would be really fun. Hey. Um but I loved how there were some like really goofy moments in the show, but some really serious, legitimately like scary moments in Moon Knight. That yeah. made you like really be like, holy crap, Marvel's getting serious. No, that that's one takeaway that I had for Phase 4 as a whole, kind of, is that Phase 4 was the experimental, what can we do different, what can we do new, what can we do to expand beyond what we have already done over the last decade. Yeah, kind of like you know, how far can we get without getting in trouble well, for not, it. Well, not only that, but like... What do audiences like? What do people like? Do they like this style of thing? Oh, they like this kind of thing. They like that kind of thing. And it's neat seeing them kind of branch out in each of these different ways, including with some of the more serious and darker moments of the show. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I don't have a whole lot necessarily to say about Moon Knight. I just really liked it. When I I was just sitting here thinking about like of the things that I really enjoyed, what would I probably want to watch again again? sooner than something else moon knight was up there because it is kind of like it's standalone thing right now right like i'm sure he'll be thrown into the mcu and be with other characters that we know and love but right now that show really stands on its own it doesn't need anything else to be enjoyable it's in its own little place it's not in new york city it's not in san francisco it's it's its own place, so it's really kind of set on its own. And I'm super excited that they're bringing it back for a season two. Oh, that that is, I'm so excited. And, and one thing that this show had going for it is that the first episode is maybe one of the first episodes of a TV show ever. 
in how it sets up the plot, sets up the oddities that is going to be what the show is, and just kind of really sets the tone of the show. It does. It's very well laid out. Um, That's Milky White, in case you wanted to know which cat of mine that was. That was my cat, and (laughs) I don't know where she is, but she wants to play. And sorry, we can't play right now. Um, But yeah, Moon Knight, that's my number five. That's all I'm going to say about it, because I want to keep the ball rolling, Colin. All right, and to to roll that ball right along at number five, I have Shang-Chi. Okay. I like Shang-Chi. I thought that Mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun, and this was a last minute uh, between one of my honorable mentions and this movie. And it took me looking back on it to figure out if I enjoyed it more than the honorable mention choice and not. And this movie, there are a couple fight scenes in this movie that are nearly perfect. Oh, the choreography is awesome. Yeah, and and everything that happens with that, the the music in this show, show movie, is uh, fantastic, and I like that they experimented with going a little bit weird with it, a little bit cosmic with it, a little bit. Oh yeah, by the way, here's a normal fight scene, and oh, we're gonna have a dragon. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, dra- <laughs> so. What's really funny about Shang-Chi, not the movie itself, but about our relationship with it, is when we originally started planning to do this podcast, one of our practice episodes that we did was on Shang-Chi and The Legend yep. of Ten Rings. Um, that's not <laughs> one that you guys will ever hear because I hey, don't maybe have... maybe we'll get a Patreon one day, maybe. I don't have the patience to sit through it and edit it because... <laughs> All in all, it was probably about three hours of recording because we just talked and talked. For maybe I don't like know what I would five minutes worth of actual content. Yeah, and or good content, I should say, because that was like the second thing we had ever tried to yeah. record. So, so um, to to sum it all up, basically, if you want to hear our full in depth review of Shang Chi, give us money. <laughs> yeah, please, that'd be great. Then, sure, I'll sit through it and do it, but. That is a phase four thing that we did do a podcast yeah, on. Yeah, we did. It's just not for anyone to listen to it. Like right at the very beginning of us deciding to do Other Brothers Podcast. So yeah, yeah, little and bit I, of history for you there. I, I bring that up because you mentioned the dragon. And I remember the one thing that you were so not ready for and so excited about was oh, that there was it, a dragon in this movie. It took me by surprise <laughs> so, so much. I, I was in shock of just how wild they were willing to go. And it really did set the tone for phase four. And I wish that the rest of phase four had been to this quality. Yeah. Because Shang-Chi is a really good movie. And I'm really excited for the second one. I'm just excited to see Shang-Chi in more things. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Especially with how that post-credit scene ended. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So with that, number four. My number four is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Mine too. No way, really? That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Then let's just chat about it. Yeah, let's just chat about it, even though we just did for two and a half hours yeah, the other day. We'll keep this brief. Um, obviously, you heard our overall thoughts on Black Panther Wakanda Forever if you listened to our last episode. where. And if you haven't, here are the cliff notes. Yeah, Colin gave it a four and a half out of five, and I gave it a five out of five. So you might be wondering, John, why is that? fourth on your list well hey john why is this number four on your list uh thank you for asking colin i'm glad that you were wondering that same i was question. wondering that um yeah it's number four on my list because i panicked making this list <laughs> um i'm gonna be honest hey, at least you're honest yeah 
And I feel like we can both agree, like, our six favorite things from this phase are all really close. Like, yeah, it was very hard for me to decide between anything um, that are I consider my favorites. So putting them in any random order just kind of had to happen. And it probably had to do with some overthinking on my part and this not and being my sure what th- I wanted to put where. But Yeah, th- this and my number three bounced back and forth a couple of times. I knew that I liked it more than Shang-Chi, but not mm-hmm. by much. Okay. Like, I really enjoyed Shang-Chi and I really yeah. enjoyed Black Panther. Like, for instance, anything on our top five isn't like a, oh, that was kind of okay versus amazing. Mm-hmm. No, each of these things on the top five and probably each of the things in our honorable mentions, I would say, we all really enjoyed. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, it, you even, know, nothing bad is... Honestly, probably even some of the things that we didn't include in our honorable mentions, I also really enjoyed. I just... We would ha- we would have a five-hour podcast if we talked about all of it, so... And I'd even go as far to say that even in our least favorites, there were still moments within those least favorites that we enjoyed. Oh, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, like, with, with Black Panther Forever, or Black Panther Forever, Black Panther Wakanda Forever... <laughs> um. There were just so many interesting moments that happened that I placed it higher than Shang Chi that had that gave me goosebumps mm-hmm. and like uh, the one that I keep thinking about because it was just such an eerie and terrifying scene was the uh, the siren song yeah and, and the getting the uh, that you know the warriors of Talakan mm-hmm. uh, getting everybody to just jump off into the water and then die basically just terrifying yeah. Even just thinking about it now, I have goosebumps. Like, mm-hmm. it's so good. Yeah. No, I um, mean, I loved Wakanda Forever. I don't, like I said, I don't think that it couldn't be num- my number two. Like, it could totally be up there. And over the last two weeks, thinking about this list, it probably was at one point. And then I'm sitting here and I'm looking at all the names of all of these things. And I'm like, well, let's put it here. And so that's really why it's my number four. But I did really enjoy it. I liked it a lot. I gave it a five. That's the highest score I'm allowed to give it. So, I mean, obviously it's great. So apparently everything above this is also going to be a five if we were to do a full podcast on it. You know, I would I would agree. No, okay. I would agree. So here we are. It's cool. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess I'll go on to number three since that was both of our yeah, number I, I mean, we don't. Yeah, I mean, we don't really need to go super in-depth about it because we have a whole other episode about it. Exactly. Um, yeah. So go back and listen to that if you forgot everything that you heard last week or if you haven't listened to it. My number three is Hawkeye. Interesting. Okay. I really liked Hawkeye. And I don't know if it's necessarily like the most well-made of Marvel's Phase 4 stuff, but I loved the story. I loved that it was like essentially a really long christmas movie oh yeah i've kind of decided that i've put hawkeye in like my list of things that i want to watch every holiday season just because it's fun it's got some real scary moments um yeah the introduction of kate bishop is freaking awesome i love kate bishop um oh and and having vincent d'onofrio come back as kingpin oh my god i am so happy that he's in the mcu that's exactly what i was gonna say i can't wait to see where we go with that moving forward because vincent d'onofrio is the scariest part of almost not every not any marvel entity ever but like in daredevil he is terrifying oh he's the he's the best villain out of any of the netflix shows yeah oh and i would go as far to say that if he were a villain in one of the future spider-man movies that Spider-Man movie would potentially be one of the best Spider-Man movies, not only in the MCU, but in general. Yeah, but I 
I just really liked it. It was fun. Yeah. Oh, the the car chase, the car chase with uh what song is that? Uh it's uh Mad Russian Christmas, right? Right or whatever. Yeah, that's it's it. Mad like Russian that. Yeah, Mad Russian's Christmas with TSO. Yeah. Oh, that car it's chase. The best best moment. It, it's awesome. It's amazing. It's one of the best moments out of phase 4. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about fight choreography for Shang-Chi a little bit. The fight choreography in this show is awesome. Yeah. Between the use of um, the bow and arrow, which as unrealistic as that might be, it looks really cool. <laughs> it's, um, it's a comic book. It's a comic book thing. Exactly. Like you, you have to, there's a suspension of disbelief that you have to have when you go into these kinds of shows. And when there's a show focused around a guy that uses a bow and arrow, you have to be ready for it. Yeah. And we get the introduction of Echo in this show, which I'm super excited for her show. Um, that's going to be interesting, yeah. That's going to be cool. I'm, I'm not sure where they're going to go with it, but I'm excited to find out. But I really enjoyed Hawkeye. It's just, that's like a personal And how much fun was it seeing Yelena come back? I love her. I yeah, love Yelena. No. Um, yeah. Florence Pugh, killing it. Thank you, Florence mm-hmm. Pugh, for being you and for being a great new Black Widow. I'm here for it. So I just liked it. Oh, one, one last thing about Hawkeye, just because yeah. we didn't cover it in a, in a thing. I am so glad that they gave us an entire number from Rogers. I just that want it to just happen. So I want to go see it on Broadway. <laughs> I, I'm okay with it being what it, where it is because I don't know if I'd ever pay an absorbent amount of money to go see it, but I thought that, that it was a lot of fun. What's sad is I would. I don't think it would be a good musical, Yeah, but I would totally pay to see it. Fair. That's just kind of where I'm at. But that's you know, maybe, maybe, maybe if it went on tour. <laughs> yeah, there you go. National tour of what? Yeah. Of Rogers the Musical. <laughs> Got it. Okay, Colin, what's your number three? My number three is your number five, Moon Knight. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I loved Moon Knight. I thought that it was a blast. And honestly, putting it at four or three where's where it was going to end up. So, like, it was pretty close. Mm-hmm. So when we were talking about this earlier and we were talking about some of the darker places that this uh, phase went, Moon Knight was definitely maybe one of the most emotionally upsetting in what they chose to show and how they went about it. Because uh, DID isn't a diagnosis that happens easily. You know what no. I mean? Like, it, it, it's not something that comes out of, oh, I fell and hit my head, so now I have, you know, this mental condition. No, this only comes through years of abuse and years of continuous abuse and in incredibly uh, manipulative emotional abuse and physical abuse. And this show doesn't sugarcoat that. No. You know, and I cried. I full on cried. Like, uh, in, in what they, in how they portrayed it. And that being said, it also was balanced out in some of the funniest moments ever mm-hmm. with, you know, some of the best acting. You mentioned Oscar Isaac did an incredible job. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Not only did Oscar Isaac do an incredible job, but so did Ethan Hawke. Him as a cult leader. At, like, uh, I'm thinking about the, the scene in particular where they're driving along and they got stopped by Border Patrol. And he just uses the, the staff or whatever and just everybody falls dead. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. So cool. Uh, and then you have May, uh, May Kalamawe. I am so sorry for saying that name wrong as uh, Layla. Amazing. Truly amazing. Like the, the just she was start cool. to finish. The show did have a couple of like slower spots. But overall, I really enjoyed this show. Mm-hmm. Top to bottom. The ending fight. Yeah, it could have been a little bit better. But the, the one shot that they did that, that finished off this fight was nearly perfect. Yeah. And I like the fact that they went as risky as they did and didn't show the bad guy dying. They didn't show the ending climax of the fight. They bounced out of it 
and at the end he's dead and it's like oh wow that how'd that happen mm-hmm. as they try and tackle you know if there's a third personality and knowing that there's going to be a second season has me very excited oh me too dude i can't wait just to see more of these characters and see their growth and watch mark specter or all the other oscar isaac people be explored oh yeah but then you also have things like Kanchu and Tauret as these Egyptian gods that they full on look like how they're described to look with Kanchu being this terrifying bird skull floating in head yeah. that is actually really scary in how mm-hmm. he's portrayed and Tauret just being super happy and yep, I'm here to help you guide you to the afterlife. Perfect. Yeah. But also having the powers of a god, which is wild. Like... Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, Moon Knight. I really enjoyed it. And I think it is time for number two. Are we here already? Yeah, we're at number two. Wow. Let's okay. keep on rolling. So, my number two is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Okay. Um, I put it at number two. Again, this was like a toss-up, right? I wasn't sure what I wanted to put where. The reason I put Shang-Chi up here is because I feel like watching it, I had not only so much fun... But the world that they explored was so different and so new to Marvel. It was a great way to, like, not kick off Phase 4, but it was, like, the first movie in Phase 4. After uh, Black Widow. Yeah, that's fair. I guess Black Widow was before that. Black Widow was its own kind of feeling, too, which was cool. But um, Completely different style of movie, yeah, for sure. But, like, Shang-Chi had that, like, action-packed feeling to it. It was new characters. And Shang-Chi's not someone that, like, everybody knows, even if you don't know Marvel. Oh, I had no idea. I had no idea who he was. So I going into it, I was going in with a relatively open mind, not being sure if I was going to enjoy it or not, but they sold me on it. And just, I it, it made me so excited for more Shang-Chi. Like, yes, Black Panther made me excited for more Black Panther, right? I thought that movie was phenomenal. I would need to rewatch Shang-Chi like now because I'd very recently watched Black Panther to really decide which one I did like more. But thinking about the fact that it's been probably a year since I've watched Shang-Chi and I'm still this invested in it and like wanting to see more, that's why I put it at number two. For all the reasons that you talked about and that we talked about together a little bit when you brought it up at your number four, that's why it's my number two. I just think it was so fun. There's a dragon. Um, also, <laughs> we can't emphasize just how cool the dragon yeah. was in this movie, especially also, not knowing that it was going to show up. Oh yeah. Also, the rings. I think those rings are freaking cool. I want to learn more about them. I can't wait so, to find out more about them. There's a YouTube channel that I really enjoy following called Corridor Digital, and they have a whole stuntman react challenge or not challenge uh, stuntman react show where they bring in stuntmen and they bring in stunt choreographers from you know different movies and different projects to talk about things that they've done and they did an entire segment of an episode on shang chi talking about how they got the different fight styles how they got the different looks that they wanted out of the different fight scenes and how they did some of these different things and coming up with fighting with the rings was its own fighting style that they really had to hone in and, and create and then you had things like the the bus scene they built a full large animatronic bus to be able to have it move how they needed it to move within the space. That way they could safely do the stunts that look larger than life on screen. That is so cool. That's awesome. No, I you sold me even more on Shang-Chi, so thank you for that. Um, <laughs> of course. Helps me solidify it as my number two even more than I already did. I Yeah, I just really like it. I can't wait to find out more about 
him as a character. Also, I loved Katie in the movie. Um, so much fun. Freaking fun. So cool. I, so, I was worried. I was worried that it wasn't going to be like an annoying sidekick character, mm-hmm. but over time, just got so much better and better so cool. throughout the entire movie. So, uh, and then I, we didn't even talk about Abomination showing up fighting Wong. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, that's fair. Didn't bring yeah. that up at all. That was a whole other cameo that led to She-Hulk and other things that we didn't even know was going to happen at the time. Basically, the the reason why I'm bringing this up is because if you really do want to hear our full thoughts on Shang-Chi and you want to hear that unreleased episode, uh, give us money. Give us enough support to make a Patreon. Yeah, do that. Um, Also, uh, it's a little late to mention this because we didn't say it at the top, but there are going to be spoilers in this podcast. Oh, yeah. No, spoilers for any movie (laughs) within Phase 4. If you um, do not want to know what happens... Go watch them first. I know it's kind of late. I just I mean, it at now. this it's point, if, if you're here for a top five ranking of phase four and you haven't watched these movies, I have a feeling that you're not going to worry too much about the spoilers. And if you do, leave a comment. Give us that engagement. We, we would, <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. Tell us how terrible we are for waiting so long to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, that that you can do. That would yeah. make sense. All right. Um, Colin, number two. What's your number two? Number two is Werewolf by Night. I okay. loved this. Oh Very my cool. god, I loved this. I loved it so much. So the the Marvel special presentations that they're starting to do and they're starting to toy around with, I think are a perfect way to introduce characters that don't necessarily need a six to nine episode TV show, and they don't necessarily need a two hour theatrical release movie to show up in other things. For instance, oh, yeah. no, that's with, fair. within this, the the creature of man thing is amazing i love it so much oh is uh, that is that that's what man he, thing yeah. okay i didn't realize <laughs> that that's cool okay yeah and so to have him introduced in this way now if he shows up in another project it's not unheard of yeah and 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 to give him the name ted oh that's very funny yeah incredibly funny but you don't need an entire man thing movie no definitely you not. don't need an entire man thing tv show I mean, you could do one, but like, Mm -hmm. eh. But by giving it a TV special and making it just its own hour and 15 minute thing, truly stunning. It's very smart. And then I just want to get this right because I thought I had it, but I don't. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. And then also this was the directorial debut of Michael Giacchino. I think that's how you say his name. Something like that, yeah. Uh, He did the music for Thor Love and Thunder Jurassic World Dominion, The Batman, Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, cool. He did the music for uh, it? Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, he, he did the he music. And now he directed? That's cool. This was his directorial debut. That's really cool. He did The Incredibles 2, working on some like the the like side projects that were released with it. And, oh, no, he did do the, the Incredibles 2. I'm sorry. Coco, War of Planet of the Apes. I'm going through this guy's thing because I never really have. Oh, he did all the Spider-Man movies. Okay, oh. that makes sense. Like all okay. the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Oh, cool. All the Star Trek, like the new Star Trek movies. A couple of Pixar movies like Zootopia. He's been busy. All... No, he's done a ton of stuff. But this was his directorial debut. And what a debut to make because, wow. Yeah. The, the classic black and white style and it being Marvel's Halloween short 
special. It was a very cool know. thing to make as a Halloween special. I loved it. I loved still it, make it so much. And I agree. I keep gushing over it just by yeah. saying I loved it. But like even the characters of Jack Russell and Elsa Bloodstone, I can't wait for them to show up in other projects too. I'm curious to see how they're used in the future. Yeah. Since we're talking about um, Michael Giacchino, I read an article saying that um, someone was asking, like, how does this special fit into the MCU, right? Like, what does this accomplish? And you mentioned the man thing thing, the man thing thing. (laughs) Um, But uh, I like I didn't know that. But what I had read is that someone had replied, Michael Giacchino has a plan for it. But nobody knows what that plan is except for him. And I think that's really funny. Like, I don't I even know that. if Kevin Feige knows so what much. the plan is for this moving forward. But Michael <laughs> Giacchino's got it figured out. So I can't wait to see what comes from it. Um, Amazing. I will say this was not one of my, like, top favorite things, right? Not because I didn't think it was good. I watched it. I enjoyed it. It's just not really, like, my style of thing. So it wasn't really up there for me. That's why it's not in my top five. I mean, it's it's definitely super stylized. Like, is. this is classic black and white, old school, universal classic monster style. Yeah. Throughout almost the entire thing. Exactly. So, like, it's not something that I generally go and just watch to watch. I mainly just watched it because it's part of the MCU, and also I knew we were going to do this. So I wanted to make sure I had it in the back of my head so we could talk about it but i that's not to say i didn't enjoy it i definitely did and uh, you side when... note, real quick uh, i i want to i'm just looking at the imdb uh david silverman has a credit for the flaming tuba and i don't know if there's ever been a better credit within imdb oh that's wonderful um and <laughs> it's funny because just saying that makes me remember the part with the flaming tuba so good for him He's a memorable moment in this special. (laughs) That's awesome. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just thought that that was really No, that's okay. That's Flaming Tube is important, man. I get it. That's cool. Do you have anything else you want to say about where we're going? Yeah, I have one last thing. This special is also really graphic. Like, it is really gory in that you see someone's throat get ripped out. (laughs) Yeah. Or spine get ripped out or something. Like, it is nothing held back. Brutal. With some of the deaths being on the funnier side of how that can be, like it was definitely still a comic book thing. Mm-hmm. And I hope that this is translated into Blade. Like when, when, they, cool. when they do the newer Blade movie, because they're talking about that being rated R as well. Okay. And if they translate what they did in this short into Blade, Blade could be really good. Mm-hmm. And well, it has and... me looking more forward to Blade than, than I already was. And that kind of lends itself to like what could this special lead to in general because yeah blades like specifically vampire hunter but i feel like vampire and werewolf and all those things kind of live in the same world right so that could be where we see eventually we could end up too which is cool yeah well i mean eventually we could end up with uh jack pairing up with uh uh what oh my goodness i'm blanking on names we just talked about it moon knight yeah but also have if they do another special and they end up introducing somebody like uh, Ghost Rider. Yeah, uh-huh. that would be another you know? one. All those like dark, demonic, spooky things, uh, which is kind of cool. Yeah, so that's all I really have to talk about Werewolf by Night. I really enjoyed it. And awesome. now it's time for either honorable mentions or our least favorites. Um, let's, do... let's do honorable mentions first. Okay. I think we should do least favorites 
like after our number ones just because i think that's kind of oh after our number ones yeah okay that's fine gotcha this is new who knows what we're gonna do um (laughs) we don't even know um i guess i'll give did you do any of your honorable mentions through my list were any of those your honorable mentions um no nice me either that's what's (laughs) that's really funny um okay cool i guess i'll start then because i've been starting this whole time so my first honorable mention and these aren't in any order of like favoritism i just threw them in as honorable mentions i have one that was going to be my number five and then i i switched it back and forth a couple of times Okay, I'll say the one that I was on the fence about being in my top five also is one of my honorable mentions. That one is WandaVision. Yep, that's it. Um, <laughs> I struggle. I wanted to put it in my top five so badly because not only did it start phase four, but it started it really well. It was either going to be this or Shang-Chi for a reason. Mm-hmm. This show in how much on the edge of my seat I was. I, I don't think I've I've watched a show in a while where I've seen episode to episode and been excited for each episode coming out to the point where I would look forward to that episode coming out. Oh, yeah, no. We would like literally, that, that... like, either be, like, on the phone or Discord talking about it while it was happening sometimes because yeah. it was that good. Um, yeah. It was also the first Disney Plus show for Marvel and, and what a what a good way they, to start using the TV format. They knocked by it out of the literally park, doing dude. like a TV format thing. It was really cool. It was really well done. Introduced so many different things, and I'm so excited to see what else it brings. Like obviously, we saw a lot of it in well, Multiverse we have, of Madness. Uh, we have um, that, but we also have Agatha Coven of Darkness. I can't wait with Aubrey Plaza coming in. I can't wait. Oh my wait. god, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see Aubrey Plaza um, in there. Um, I love Catherine Hahn just to begin with. Oh, so anything she's in, she's great. God, I can't wait. She's in Glass Onion, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. Yes, she is. We're, we were talking about that during the during the twenty minutes. We're both very excited for uh, Glass Onion to come out. So at some point, we'll cover that on this channel too. I'm sure. If you don't know what that is, that's the Knives Out sequel, just so you're aware of what we're talking about. But yeah, I'm excited for that. Anyway, back to WandaVision. (laughs) So cool. So freaking scary. Oh, terrifying. This made Wanda legitimately terrifying to me. Like, yeah, she was scary before because she's so powerful, but like this showed that on a different level. I think this did a really good job of taking her character arc through from, I would say, Infinity War through into the show because yeah she does have some character stuff in endgame but she doesn't really have a whole lot to do in endgame which makes sense but i mean it this show did a really good job of taking wanda's arc from her being just a normal good person do with superpowers doing things to help out yeah she had the civil war thing where she made a mistake but she you know she felt bad and worked through it this really made it so that her actions within doctor strange made more sense Oh, yeah, definitely. Also, the amount of, like, heartbreak that you feel in this show for Wanda, especially as the season goes on and you realize more and more that this is all just her creation because she's upset. Like, it's crazy. So credit to you, Elizabeth Olsen. Great job. But, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. It was really hard to not put it in my top five. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And on a side note, watching the behind the scenes and how they created some of the earlier episodes with the whole I Love Lucy and, and like the, the way, like the that 70s show style, like going and making shows in that similar vein, I think they brought uh, Dick Van Dyke in for a little bit to talk okay. about what it was like to be part of yeah. shows like that. 
and they even lit the the sets and had a live studio audience uh-huh. in the same way that they used to that way they could create the similar feel and wow they they really nailed that feel that's awesome and and this was so close to being my number five i really wanted to put mine as my number five but shang chi if i had to think about watching the two back to back yeah just that little bit more you know mm-hmm. mainly because the ending fight scene in this in this show the two visions talking i thought that that was fantastic oh yeah. having a battle of, so cool. battle of mind it was amazing but watching the scarlet witch and agatha fighting it felt marvel's big cgi fight scene punch him up at the end mm-hmm. and it didn't feel like there was anything really new whereas shang chi had a dragon we really liked the dragon from shang chi Good job, Dragon. Um, yeah, just um, fun fact about WandaVision that I don't know if you knew. The composers for WandaVision, the people who wrote the music, are the same people who wrote the music for Frozen and Frozen 2. Are they really? Um, yeah, uh, oh, they're that's the same fun. people, which is okay. super cool, all three of them. It's Kristen well, that and explains Anne, why um, uh, Agatha all, all along was such a fun song and yeah. why it ended up. Did that end up like on like the top 10 chart or something at one point? It probably did. But what I I just thought it was really cool because we talked about the behind the scenes episode about it and it was like them talking about how they took the theme from the WandaVision theme in the first episode, the WandaVision or whatever it is, and how oh, they yeah. incorporated that into each theme song for each style of show and like masked it and hid it in there but made sure it was a part of it. It was just so cool. That's the music Brilliant. nerd in me talking about motifs and themes and how it's incorporated in music just as a whole. But the fact that they oh, threw that great. in a behind the scenes was so cool to me because it just makes me happy as the music person that I am. And, and even now, subconsciously for people who aren't as involved in music as we are, it ties it in yeah. regardless subconsciously for you. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's move on from WandaVision because we've talked more about that than our entire rest of our top five. <laughs> did we like it apparently we did maybe we we should have put it higher but (laughs) i don't know (laughs) Uh, well since that was both of our next honorable mention let me say my next one loki is another honorable mention. i have that as an honorable mention too hey look at that right i thought loki after after. yeah i thought loki was also really really well done that was borderline top five as well um i love the whole messing with time of it right like the whole thing takes place out of time essentially which is so weird to think about because they're these people but not really but people that exist and are living a life but also they can go anywhere in time they want they didn't play it safe either no no you know like like they they went all right what's the weirdest thing we can do oh let's take them to the apocalypse okay cool what if we take them to the apocalypse and we make them go to different apocalypses all throughout time in different places all throughout the universe, including alien planets in which we've never been before. Yeah, they didn't Perfect. hold back. It was really cool. I can't wait for more Loki also because that will be a season two as well, and I'm excited for it. The only thing that I'm not excited about Loki is the fact that they're calling it season two and not its own thing. Yeah. I don't know. I Only because I have a feeling that'll make it difficult to do rewatches and like i don't like only watch season one of this thing and then go watch season two of this thing and then watch season two of this thing that to me gets annoying i know that was that was tough with what netflix did with their shows because it was like in order but it's season one season two season one season one season two like it was weird so i don't know so i i hope they don't do that you know i i hope they rename it or or change the project a little bit even the same for moon knight season two Mm -hmm. you know unless season two directly doesn't correlate with anything else going on in the mcu 
Yeah. Then you can kind of get away with it. But if you're going to have anything connect with it at that point, anything that you want to do a solo project with this group, make it its own title. Yeah. You know, that that's... But anyway. No, with I Loki, agree. And having Sylvie show up, that took me by surprise. That was cool, too. I like And seeing all Sylvie the different Loki variants, alligator Loki. Yep. Brilliant. So fun. Absolutely brilliant. And, so and fun. They did a really good job at continuing to up the stakes and up the ante through the show that had so much bizarre, odd, weird, changing, ever-changing things through it. Yeah. Um, um, this show, to me, is what started the whole idea of this phase being the multiverse saga in my book. Because this is where oh, we well, messed with time. Introduce... This is where we showed this whole extra outside being that just watches and sees things and is the one writing time, essentially. And that's well, not only that, but he's going to be the big bad of this saga I know. of phase four, five, yeah. and six. That's terrifying. So that's and that's what a good introduction. So cool, so freaking cool. Yeah, yeah. So again, Loki loved it. Just Looking apparently to two. slightly less than the other things that we've mentioned, but still <laughs> up there a lot. So that's cool. I think this is going to be where our list differs. Well, this is our last honorable mention. Mm-hmm. And I do think yours is going to be different than mine. Just so everybody knows who's listening, after we made our personal top five list, we also tried to guess what was on each other's top five list. And out of the first, out of five, four, three, and two that we've talked about, I just want you to know because you don't know what I got right and what I didn't. Mm-hmm. I got five and four correct. I was right on five and four. Oh. I did not get three and two correct, though. So I'm pretty sure okay. one of these two things will be your last honorable mention. And I'm curious to see what they are. Okay. So do you want to tell, do you, why don't you go first? Because I've been saying everything. Okay. Mine is what if. That was one of the two of them. That was what I had as your number three. Um, okay. So I, I liked what if a lot. I just liked everything else more. That being said, what if was still really good. I am a huge fan of anthology series and a fan of let's just do the thing because why not? And sometimes that ends up with really funny, really good, sometimes really heartfelt, really sad, really good episodes and ideas, and sometimes not, that are kind of boring and dumb. For instance, Love, Death, and Robots is one of my favorite shows. I can safely say I only like maybe half of the Love, Death, and Robots episodes. The other half, eh, Mm -hmm. I can take or leave them, mostly leave them. But the ones that are good, I absolutely love. And that goes for What If. Okay. In that they said, yeah, what if this? What if that? I'm so excited that Zombies is getting its own show and that Zombies is going to be the equivalent of Rated R. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just going to go full-on Marvel Zombies with it, which that comic run is incredible. It's really sad, but it's really good. Yeah. And I can't wait to see how they adapt it. Cool. Um, That's awesome. and, And as a whole, what if I'm looking forward to season two? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they take everything that happened in phase four and moving forward and take on the idea of what if. Yeah, I th- I, mean, I thought what if was really cool. It's not one of my honorable mentions. It also kind of like Werewolf wasn't one of my favorites. Again, just because it's not really for me, right? It's not that I don't like an anthology style thing. It's just 
I've gotten so used to what Marvel does give us and what if it was so different and it was animated and it wasn't all the same voices as what we have had for these characters. And some of it just felt weird to me. A lot of it because Mm -hmm. I don't know the comics, right? So a lot of the what if stuff is from different universes that the comics explored, but we haven't explored yet in the MCU. And so I'm glad that they're pulling from what if to kind of do that in the MCU. But a lot of it was weird to me. The second half of what if when it became more like linear and an actual story that was yeah. really cool to me because it made sense the first few episodes uh, and seeing ultron just kind of do ultron so scary yeah um like yes the first few episodes were really cool on their own i really enjoyed them particular in particular i really liked the t'challa as star lord episode i thought that was just awesome oh that was um, fantastic it was really cool to me but also like it was kind of weird to me so and on a side note in that episode he gives a really heartfelt goodbye and nobody really knew that Chadwick Boseman was sick, except for his immediate family. Like, he kept that real, real tight to the chest. And part of me wonders if when he recorded that dialogue, he knew. Yeah, I don't know. And, and you know what I mean? Like, it, that was very much of a goodbye. And it was much more heartfelt. And looking back on it now, after his passing, that moment really hits. Yeah, that's fair. That's really true. And they did dedicate that episode to him too, which was really yes. nice because What If did come out after his passing. I'm, but I'm pretty sure that might have been the last thing that he recorded. That was definitely the last thing he recorded. Yeah. But yeah, I. so What If is great. I. It's not my favorite thing. I am looking forward to seeing what season two looks like, especially now that mm-hmm. we are exploring that multiverse even more than What If did in its last few episodes with Ultron exploring that on his own. So I'm curious to see where that goes. I guess I'll say my last honorable mention now. Um, Mm -hmm. My last honorable mention is the Guardians holiday special. Yeah. I just, it was so fun. It was was very good. We haven't had like a Guardians feel thing in a while because it hasn't been since volume two came out and that was forever ago. So yeah, I mean the, the, the last like real Guardians thing I can think of is their introduction in Endgame. Yeah. I mean, like, and, like, the tiny bit in Thor Love and Thunder, but... Or Infinity War. Is that what I'm thinking? I am thinking Infinity War. But, like, in Thor Love and Thunder, it doesn't really count in my book. They were there for, like, three minutes, and then they were out of the rest of the movie. So I don't really count that as Guardians. But I love this special. I love the humor that it brings. I also kind of really like the idea that they they try to show love for Peter Quill, right? And I just think that that's kind of sweet, because a lot of people have complained that he is the reason that they lost in Infinity War. I mean, he is. <laughs> yeah, but like, also, it's not that big of a deal, and any rational Except person that it's all his fault, but... would have those emotions, so it's fine. <laughs> um, that being said, regardless of any of that, seeing this special just made me that much more excited for Volume 3 coming out in May. I the trailer wait. just came out today as of when we're recording this, or yeah. yesterday. Did okay. you see it? I have not watched it yet, no. I'm... This special did a really good job of showing the Guardians being a family unit Mm -hmm. and being just a wholesome group that really loves and cares about each other. And the inclusion of Kevin Bacon, after just a couple of throwaway lines, if you had told me that this was going to happen back when the first Guardians (laughs) of the Galaxy came out, I would say the MCU is headed for the the dumpster, you know, like (laughs) that it was going to be awful. This was absolutely brilliant. Oh, my God. It was awesome. I love that Kevin Bacon is now canon in the MCU because we could use him in the future, but only as Kevin Bacon. And that's <laughs> yeah. so funny to me. Yeah. If he doesn't make um, a cameo somewhere along the way, I will kind of be sad, not going to lie. But if this is all that we get, I'm super happy that it's what we got. That and two of my new favorite Christmas songs are the ones um, <laughs> from this 
special, the one that Kevin Bacon sings, because that one's just heartfelt and sweet. But then also the one ripping apart Earth traditions, just Perfect. in general. So absolutely fun. brilliant. Um, I this is when you were talking about Hawkeye being like an every year like Christmas thing. Yeah, this is my every year Christmas. Thing oh, for this sure. is like, also I'll, I'll watch Hawkeye that. from time to time, but this will be like an every year for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I will watch this every Christmas as well because it's not long. It's not six episodes long, but it's also super fun. So I very much enjoyed it. That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah, go watch it. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Those are our honorable mentions. I think we're probably thinking the same thing for our number ones. And that would be Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes, it would be. <laughs> and if it's not, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I know that I know that there are flaws in this movie. I understand that there are things that 100% did not work in this movie. But there are so many things that did. So much that worked. So I don't know uh, if we've mentioned this a lot, if at all before. But John, you're up in Pennsylvania. I'm down here in Florida. Yep. Uh, that's just how life is life. But I flew up to PA for a weekend and it just happened to line up with the release of No Way Home. So we got to watch this in the theater together along with Marissa. Mm -hmm. And we cried several times throughout this movie. So I have <laughs> I've I've gone on record saying this a couple times, not on this podcast, but just in actually, no, on this podcast last week when we talked about Black Panther, um, I think I mentioned the fact that I have not cried more at a marvel movie than endgame endgame i have cried the most just because of the amount of emotion and death and crazy things that happen and tony stark and gamora yep, and yep, yep. natasha all those things right but not gamora gamora died in infinity war that was sad too though r.i.p gamora <laughs> um but no way home had me crying almost as much black panther was yeah. close as well but i think no way home takes the cake in terms of the emotions it made me felt between may dying between just peter's struggle with anger and frustration and wanting this to movie... literally kill goblin like yeah all of that and then the ending just well th this <sighs> movie solved a bunch of problems that i had with the tom holland trilogy and that being we didn't get an uncle ben scene it, it it's you know it's hard to see somebody like uncle ben on screen because you're like up oh, you're here for this exact moment you're here for this thing mm -hmm. it's gonna happen we never got an uncle ben and I thought we were going to get a flashback of Peter having the with great responsibility, you know, talk. Mm -hmm. But then we got that conversation with May and I wasn't sure. And then the, the scene with the Peter Tingle going off and the camera zooms in on him and follows him around looking for the danger within the room of supervillains is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, leading up to potentially one of, if not the best, Spider-Man fights in the MCU with Goblin in, yeah. the, in the apartment building, going floor by floor, William Defoe killing it. William I, Defoe, I how... <laughs> oh my god, what a great job. What a terrifying job you And mean, he's like... old, dude, like, yeah. he could still move like holy crap and the, the way that he can warp his face to be I the goblin i was just gonna say that oh my god Ooh. terrifying uh, the, the one the one thing i keep thinking about with this movie is when uh peter is punching goblin in the face and he's, and just, he's just smiling, smiling. yeah uh -huh. <laughs> oh that's terrifying oh, and then you have the death of may within that being a culmination of about 30 minutes of just pure adrenaline yeah it's it's truly amazing and then after that you get uh, Tom, Tom Holland, you get uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield coming back. 
and when we were in the theater and they appeared everyone just cheered like it was nobody's business so i I try and see i try and see like the initial releases of each of these movies i don't think i've been in a theater that cheered that loud no not at all (laughs) it was awesome yeah And, and but on top of the way that they introduced them into this movie it doesn't feel forced no you know what I, like and and like yeah the the spell thing is a little contrived and yeah the the way that this movie starts is a little contrived mm-hmm. but it's not bad it's just like oh okay that's the direction we're going yeah you know kind of like how we were talking earlier about how you have to have some sort of suspension of disbelief watching these three spider-mans talking to each other and just talking and yeah. just having a couple scenes of them just hanging out the way that they would hang out i love i love it amazing i loved it so much it was so cool and we could honestly go on and on about this movie. Um, well, we we planned on having a, a recording on it, but after the movie, leaving the the theater, we were silent. There was nothing to say because of just how good it was. Between that and the fact that, um, like I said, our lives just kind of got away from us. It never got to happen. Yeah. Um, I fully expect at some point during the making of this podcast, we will have a full chat about Spider-Man No Way Home. And probably the others on top of it as well. I'm sure at some point we will talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. But for this to be the ending trilogy of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And now knowing that there's going to be even more. Yeah, when, I'm excited. When we end up doing our like top five MCU period. God. I, this is going to be on the list. I feel like it has to be. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert for that episode. That's a spoiler yeah. <laughs> that you weren't expecting. Ooh. Oh, um, oh, why? <laughs> but that's our top five. Uh, we did though, mention we want to talk about what our least favorite thing yeah. was, though, too. Because I'm so curious what your least favorite item in the MCU was. When we decided to do this, we were both struggling a lot to figure out what our least favorite was. So we put down two least favorites. And yep. maybe through discussion, we will decide which one is actually our least favorite. Or we'll just have two. And that's not to say that we didn't like them at moments. It's just that there were good moments within, but looking at the phase as a whole, you have to put something at the bottom, and these just happen to be the easiest to put at the bottom. Yeah. Before we do this, I'm curious, how much of my list did you get right? So Black Panther being number four, I thought it was going to be number three. And then I got Shang-Chi and No Way Home where they were supposed to go. You thought Shang-Chi was going to be number two? Yep. Wow, okay. What did you think my five and four were going to be? I thought you were going to put WandaVision as five and the Guardians Christmas special as four. Did you really think I was going to put Guardians that high? I, I did. I, th- I, th- I thought you were going to put it that high. And then I thought you were going to put Black Panther at three. Okay, cool. That's funny. Yeah, I had What If and She-Hulk as your three and two. So I was close. Okay. Um, I thought I had I just... She-Hulk as like a potential honorable mention. Okay. Um, But the Guardians special was more deserving in the amount because yeah we could talk about the entire phase but at that point yeah you'd be listing everything okay cool and then we both had no way home as number one and i'm glad that we both yeah did that. okay oh we i i knew that was like as soon as we like said top five phase four sat down i was like yeah that's definitely yep. number one For no sure. question okay um let me tell you do you want me to give both of my least favorites or one yeah, just them? give them both give them both okay <laughs> well, this will be um, really quick I think that my least favorites are going to be super controversial and people are going to not like me for it. But my two least favorite things in phase four were Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness Mm -hmm. and Thor, Love and Thunder. I got both of them. (laughs) Did you really? Um, (laughs) And that's not to say that they weren't good. I struggled putting Doctor Strange in here 
because I loved, I loved the first two thirds of this movie. I okay. thought acts one and two of this movie were absolutely phenomenal. They were scary. They were funny. They were crazy. It was yep. awesome. And then the book of Ashanti got destroyed and everything mm-hmm. went to hell. And I'm like, why did this happen the way it did? And, and that's all why I can it say didn't end up as an honorable mention on my list. Yeah. And all I can say is it's Sam Raimi's fault and I'm bummed about it. That being said, the <laughs> Sam Raimi transitions and the Sam Raiminess of this movie, I loved. I thought that was great. I know you did. I I don't I just don't think I like Sam Raimi as a director. I don't. That's fair. I his style I recently is not watched for through me. all the different like Ash movies and like Ash versus Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two and, and all that. Okay. Like I thought those movies were so much fun, mm-hmm. but they're definitely incredibly Sam Raimi. And that's why I don't love the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy, because that's Sam Raimi, and I don't love those either. So it's kind of just where I'm at. Okay. Um, I don't understand why they had to go the route they did. I like the cameo of Zombie Strange. I think that's fine. The fact that we had Zombie Strange for so long at the end of this movie, and he was the one who finished off Wanda in this movie, was yes. so dumb to me. I was like, it's not even the real him. And that bothered me. That one bothered me. Also, it looked the makeup looked like makeup. And that got to me a little bit too. Like if it was a brief appearance, it wouldn't have been something that I noticed as much. But as he kept talking with dialogue, I was like, "Mm." Yeah. It looks intentionally campy and I didn't love that about it. That was just that's just my opinion on Doctor Strange. Thor Love and Thor Love and Thunder, on the other hand, I just think Taika Waititi took it too far. Yes. And he he wrote the movie with the idea that the movie is to be watched through the lens of Korg telling the story. And I get that. And it's fine. Yeah, exactly. And same feeling of, I get it, but it was too much. I think Taika Waititi got too confident in himself based on the reaction to Thor Ragnarok. Because Thor Ragnarok saved Thor, and it's a wonderful movie. Oh, yeah. It's It's one of my favorite MC movies. great movie. But he took that and fed into the goofy too much, but didn't keep the serious enough. In Ragnarok, we still had Hela. We still had major scary moments. Well, there are even moments in in Ragnarok that are problematic in the same way, but it's overshadowed by those more serious moments. I didn't get that from Gore the God Butcher because we didn't see him do enough stuff. Yeah, this movie should have been... And I'm starting to think this more with the way that the Marvel movies are being made. They might have possibly should have considered making this a little bit more rated r or on the stronger side of pg-13 to show a little bit more of that if a guy is literally called the butcher you gotta show him butchering stuff yeah you know what i mean we saw billy Bu- one billy, we saw billy like... butcher in the boys is billy butcher because <laughs> he's billy butcher yes he is <laughs> uh but no we saw one dead god from him and we didn't get to see it happen. We just saw the aftermath. Two dead gods, technically, from him. And we saw yeah. the aftermath. We didn't see any of it happen. We didn't see him going on this killing spree that made him so scary. And it you, just... I mean, you, you can't be wrong. Christian Bale looks like he's having fun. But it's not... I, I don't get the same sort of, like, immense... Not immense. Impending doom. Or I, I don't get the same sort of reaction out of gore as I do with... Uh, I, I don't know. Let's say Namor. No, not at all. Namor was way scarier to me because yeah. they took the time and they made him scary. We had those moments with him. Like if Gore said, you are queen now, it wouldn't have been as impactful as when Namor did it because of how they built mm-hmm. up the characters. Exactly. So that's those are my two least favorites. 
Okay. I will say I went in. I had a great time watching Thor, especially the first time. It made me laugh a lot. I left happy. But as I sit here and I think about it more and more, it was not that impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And all Strange right. My, just uh... got weird to me. That's all. Go ahead. What are yours? <laughs> My two least favorites are Ms. Marvel and The Eternals. Okay. I got one out of two. I got Ms. Marvel. So I, I didn't not like Ms. Marvel, but I was not the target audience. Okay. And I want to say that as a preference to why it is where it is on the list, because I can say it was well done, mm-hmm. just not for me. Okay. And that's fine. You know, I, I thought, th- I mean, that being said, though, the ending fight felt very contrived. Okay. And very, I don't know, again, not for me. Like, I really liked the style of how the show started with all of the animations in the background and all the graffiti on the buildings mm-hmm. moving and changing how they would from her mind and how they moved around with the way that her YouTube channel was going along. Mm -hmm. And another thing, if I saw a YouTube series of somebody spending that much time on like stop motion animation of different (laughs) like things, no way that that has six views. No, that would get pushed by the YouTube algorithm. And that would be like one of the top viewed videos when it was released kind of things. Sure. Because that was so cool. Mm -hmm. But it just... I don't know. It, it it wasn't for me. I liked some of the things that they introduced, but okay. eh. Hey, that's okay. And I, I personally thought Ms. Marvel was really cool. I liked learning about Kamala Khan and where her character is going to go moving forward with the Marvels. I can't wait to see that. Oh, well, I mean, the, the flashback scene is one of the scariest scenes and oh, yeah. really sad, especially when they went into the backstory of how they got there. Definitely. Really well done. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. And that's what, uh, that's what like I was talking about earlier with, you know, there are moments within these projects that were really good. That was incredible. Yeah. But just, eh. I'm looking forward to her being in the Marvels. I mm-hmm. think that movie's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing how she interacts with Carol Danvers and mm-hmm. what's her face um, from WandaVision. Monica Rambo. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I don't know. And then The Eternals. I ranked it high up when we did our review, I think. I think I put it as a four. I don't remember exactly. Or a three and a half, um, maybe a four and a half. I don't know. I, I put it somewhere around there. The Eternals really suffers from the fact that it was a lot going on in a movie and a lot going on. I mean, in terms of different times, different characters, a lot of characters, a lot of different things going on. And the Eternals really suffered because of that. Okay. Had they made this into a six episode series, I think the Eternals would have been much better. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. That's kind you know of what I mean? cool like, like had about. they been more of, had it be more of a show mm-hmm. I, and maybe that might be because people weren't really thinking of the shows as like the important thing versus the movies. Yeah. But with how much money that they, one, cost to make and two, bring in, yeah, y- you know what I mean? Sure. I think I definitely put the Eternals higher up in my ranking than you do. Um, I thought it was cool. I liked, I liked how different it was because I didn't think it was a bad different. The Eternals do get a bad rep, though. Yes. No, they, they get much and... more of a bad rep than they deserve. And I'm not saying that it was bad. It's just I really can't look past the it could have been so much better. Side sure. Sure. For me, it's more, I'm so curious to see where we go with it, right? Because it it opened a lot of doors. And I think that was the whole point of it because it's this whole other group and this whole Mm -hmm. other idea and these people who were like hidden away, right? But in a very different way from the Talokan people, that's a different kind of hidden away. I Um, mean, you you can hear our full review if you go back a few episodes. Yeah, that's true. We did a full review of this movie. With a cameo by Marissa. 
Yeah. <laughs> and you can really see our our thoughts on this movie. Yeah. You know, and uh, which is again why I say mm-hmm. it's not that it was bad, but if I had to rank Phase Four top to bottom in things that I would rewatch or you know enjoyed compared to everything else, sure. Yeah, it's gonna end up on the bottom. I thought your other least favorite was gonna be Black Widow. I liked Black Widow. I did too. I, I, I thought that the the only problem that I had with Black Widow. Because I really only had eh, maybe two problems, but the only major problem that I had is that it should have come out um, when it came out, when the, it happened. Yeah, when it happened cr- chronologically. Agreed. I agree. It should have come out after Civil War. That if that it came out then, been, it would have made a lot more sense. It would have made a lot more sense, and it would have felt more emotionally impactful because mm-hmm. it's a lot harder to root for a character that you know that is you already know, dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. So that's kind of where I'm at with Black Widow, but I did enjoy it. I thought it was a cool movie. Again, a very different style of movie. That's one thing that I appreciate. Appre- that's one appreciate? thing that I. <laughs> that's one thing that I appreciate about Phase Four as a whole is that they took risks. They tried a lot of different things. Some of it worked. Some of it didn't. But. Hey John, real quick. I I agree. I agree. Uh, give me your really 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 quick thoughts on She Hulk and your really really quick thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay. I I thought Falcon and the Winter Soldier was a really good test of how dark can we get. Because, like, WandaVision happened, then Falcon and the Winter Soldier happened, like, right after, in terms of TV, and I thought WandaVision was dark, and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier happened, and that episode where John Walker literally decapitates a guy with a shield happens, and I'm like, holy crap, I'm terrified about what's happening next. Um, yeah. I think I need to go back and rewatch Falcon and Winter Soldier now, after seeing the rest of Phase 4, and give it another shot, because in the moment, it wasn't in comparison to WandaVision, something that I was like out of my seat, excited to watch every week when it came out. Yes. So I want to go back and watch it now. My thoughts on it are that the pacing was weird and that it should have been a movie. Yeah. You know, I could, I could feel that. Um, and I think that a lot of people felt that way because the armor Wars TV show has now been announced to be a movie rather than a TV show. And part of that had to be with WandaVision Falcon and the winter soldier, Loki and Moon Knight all filmed at the around the same time on the set of Ms. Marvel. Kamala Harris was is that her name? Did Kamala I say that right? Khan, you said our vice wow. president. I did say our vice president. I am... <laughs> Shout out to you, Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting tired. Oh my goodness, I am sorry. Um. Anyway, uh, apparently on set she was watching uh, WandaVision as it came out. Oh, okay. Like episode to episode. Yeah. And then would like yell at Kevin Feige when different things were happening, but like. All of these shows being filmed all at the same time, a lot of the feedback and problems with these shows really didn't make themselves present and known until the show started coming out. And by that time, the shows were already in post-production. Yeah. You couldn't fix those things. So I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier suffered because of that. But I thought overall, it was pretty good. And I'm glad that we got the characters where they needed to go and had more development with them. I agree. And then uh, She-Hulk. I I struggled with a lot of She-Hulk, I'm going to be honest. Not because I didn't like it, but because we've talked a lot about things being different in Phase 4. She-Hulk was so drastically different from anything that oh, Marvel's sure. done. It was so weird to me. It took me a while to really like appreciate it and understand that that's, that's the comics. Like yep. She-Hulk is this way in the comics. There's fourth wall breaks, there's talking to the audience, there's all those things that actually happen in the Marvel comics for She-Hulk. And that that made it better for me, understanding that they're not just doing this because they're trying something. They're doing it because it's based on the source material. And that made me like it more. I thought that the last episode was really cool. 
but also I don't know what it means. <laughs> um, <laughs> because they have kind of made out Kevin Feige to not be a real person based on how the show ends, which I think is them just being funny and kind of goofing around, right? Because that's kind of what She-Hulk is about. It's kind of about being funny and goofing around inside this world of we can break the fourth wall in this. But that makes me wonder what's going to happen when we see She-Hulk in other Marvel entities that aren't a She-Hulk TV show. Is she going to be doing those same things and messing with the script and messing with the things that way? Because if that happens in, like, say, an Avengers level thing, I don't know that I'm going to like it. I don't think it's going to go that far. Uh, one of my favorite shows outside of the MCU is Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. I love Bob's Burgers. It is such low stakes comedy and just matter of fact. Yeah, this is not the intensive craziness. You know, we, we have uh, an episode all about uh, a beef with the guy who owns the restaurant next door over putting a sign up. I think that's funny. She-Hulk does a really good job of showing the mundane, day-to-day, low-stakes side of superhero stuff happening within the world of the MCU. And I love that. And the the fourth wall breaks and things like that, I think were a good test to see if something like Daredevil, or not Daredevil, Deadpool, would work within the MCU. And I think it will, and I'm looking forward to Deadpool 3. Mm -hmm, But with She-Hulk, I think the writers are aware of how much power that is to give a character and i think they're gonna rein it in mm-hmm. in team-ups and have her only act as herself within those things you know like yeah there might be a fourth wall break here and there or they might do something and i'd expect the same out of daredevil or i keep saying daredevil out of deadpool when he shows up sure but for instance in daredevil born again i hope that jennifer walters does show up because her ha- having charlie cox uh daredevil show up that made me so happy. I will say, of the things that happened in She-Hulk, that made me the happiest because as far as the Netflix Marvel shows go, Daredevil's freaking awesome. Yeah. I love and Daredevil. Having, having and the I two of them wait. hook up. So funny. So oh, perfect. Made me so like, happy. That's like the best thing that happened in that show to me. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Just because it was very fitting. So the reason why I wanted to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier and She-Hulk is because even though we said we weren't going to do it, that is every single property of Phase 4 discussed within this podcast episode. Yes, it is. Congratulations. <laughs> you heard it all here. That's actually really funny. I'm very impressed that we did that. And we did it in like less than an hour and a half. So that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> not bad. Sweet. So anyway, this is going to be a long episode. Maybe a part, part one, part two, or it's going to be all one big thing. Or John's going to have a whole lot of editing to do. Sorry, John. Ah, it's cool. <laughs> it's what I do. But yeah, that was awesome. So hopefully you enjoyed what you heard, and if you did, don't forget to rate us those five stars on whatever podcast place you like to use. And if you didn't enjoy what you heard today, we will send the man thing to come and give you a nice big hug. Um, yeah, just just it, don't be scared of him, otherwise, not good. Yeah, so just give us those five stars, and then you'll be good to it's go. It's a lot easier. Yeah. There are new episodes of the Other Brothers podcast almost every Tuesday, depending on life. Um, but hopefully every Tuesday. Yeah, ish. And if you have any other suggestions of what we should review next, what we should talk about, any other top fives, you can let us know on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at Other Bros Pod. And most importantly, tell your friends about us. And like Colin has said multiple times, if you want a Shang-Chi episode, we need more so we can make a Patreon where that can happen. <laughs> so tell everybody about us. And with that, I've been Colin. I've been John. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Other Brothers Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.